Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Wednesday of the Octave of Easter. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us call to mind our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and, and on earth, earth peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord. You alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. O God, who gladden us year by year with the solemnity of the Lord's resurrection, graciously grant that by celebrating these present festivities, we may merit through them to reach eternal joys. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. Once, when Peter and John were going up to the temple for the prayers at the ninth hour, it happened that there was a man being carried past. He was a cripple from birth, and they used to put him down every day near the temple entrance, called the Beautiful Gate, so that he could beg for the people going in. When this man saw Peter and John on their way into the temple, he begged from them. Both Peter and John looked straight at him and said, Look at us. He turned to them expectantly, hoping to get something from them. But Peter said, I have neither silver nor gold, but I will give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. Peter then took him by the hand and helped him to stand up. Instantly, his feet and ankles became firm. He jumped up, stood, and began to walk. And he went with them into the temple, walking and jumping and praising God. Everyone could see him walking and praising God, and they recognised him as the man who used to sit begging at the beautiful gate of the temple. They were all astonished and unable to explain what had happened to him. 
The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. Give thanks to the Lord. Tell his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. O sing to him, sing his praise. Tell all his wonderful works. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. Be proud of his holy name. Let the hearts that seek the Lord rejoice. Consider the Lord and his strength. Constantly seek his face. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. O children of Abraham, his servant, O sons of the Jacob he chose, he, the Lord, is our God. His judgments prevail in all the earth. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. He remembers his covenant forever, his promise for a thousand generations. The covenant he made with Abraham, the oath he swore to Isaac. Let all who seek the Lord rejoice. Alleluia, alleluia. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Two of the disciples of Jesus were on their way to a village called Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking together about all that had happened. Now, as they talked this over, Jesus himself came up and walked by their side, but something prevented them from recognizing him. He said to them, what matters are you discussing as you walk along? They stopped short, their faces downcast. Then one of them, called Cleopas, answered him, You must be the only person staying in Jerusalem who does not know about the things that have been happening there these last few days. What things, he asked. All about Jesus of Nazareth, they answered, who proved he was a great prophet by the things he said and did in the sight of God and of the whole people, and how our chief priests and our leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and had him crucified. Our own hope had been that He would be the one to set Israel free. And this is not all. Two days have gone by since it all happened, and some women from our group have astounded us. They went to the tomb in the early morning, and when they did not find the body, they came back to tell us they had seen a vision of angels who declared he was alive. Some of our friends went to the tomb and found everything exactly as the women had reported. But of him they saw nothing. Then he said to them, You foolish men, so slow to believe the full message of the prophets. Was it not ordained that the Christ should suffer and so enter into his glory? Then starting with Moses and going through all the prophets, he explained to them the passages throughout the scriptures that were about himself. When they drew near to the village to which they were going, He made as if to go on, but they pressed him to stay with them. It is nearly evening, they said, and the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. Now, while he was with them at table, he took the bread and said the blessing. Then he broke it and handed it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him, but he had vanished from their sight. Then they said to each other, 
Did not our hearts burn within us as he talked to us on the road and explained the scriptures to us? They set out that instant and returned to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven assembled together with their companions who said to them, Yes, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then they told their story of what had happened on the road and how they had recognized him at the breaking of bread. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So today we have the famous story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And it's Easter Sunday. We're a couple of days after Jesus' suffering and death, and he's been placed in the tomb. And these two disciples, they turn their backs on Jerusalem and they start to walk away. Walk away to this town called Emmaus. And Jesus walks up beside them and he asks them, well, look, look, what are you talking about? And what's interesting is that they speak in the past tense. We, we had hoped that Jesus of Nazareth would be the one to save Israel, to set his people free. It's in the past tense. They're walking away from Jerusalem. They're experiencing great disappointment. Now, they also speak of the rumours that they've heard that early in the morning the body wasn't in the tomb and that angels had declared that he was alive. But what's interesting is that they keep walking away from Jerusalem. They're happy enough to entertain the rumours, but it's not enough to make them go look for Jesus. They're still walking away from the holy city. They're not curious enough to go and look. So I think it speaks to us a little bit of their state of mind and the state of their hearts. And it's into this hopelessness, into this disappointment, that Jesus enters and starts to speak. Now, famously, what unfolds is the pattern of the Mass. Because it starts off with Jesus walking into their midst. And and that's the entrance procession, right? That's the beginning of Mass. And then we turn to the breaking open of the Word, where Jesus unveils his presence in the Old Testament and the prophets. And where Jesus proclaims once more the good news that he has suffered, died and risen again. And then Christ takes us to the table of the altar, where he breaks bread and reveals his true presence. The path along which Jesus takes these two disciples is the path which he draws us along in the celebration of the Eucharist. But here's the problem. During this coronavirus pandemic, most of us, we we can't get to Mass. But it's telling that the disciples describe the experience of the unveiling of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms as being akin to their hearts burning within them, where their hearts had been weighed down by disappointment and by hopelessness. Now they've received a spark and that spark has turned into a new fire. And that's not gone from us, though we miss Christ's presence in the Eucharist, that most precious and privileged presence in the Eucharist, we still have the Lord in the Scriptures. 
So maybe this becomes a new opportunity for us. One of the funny things about this coronavirus pandemic and the restrictions that have been imposed is that while some of us are perhaps never busier than we've ever been, others of us, we've, we've got lots of time. And maybe that opens up a new opportunity for us to take up the scriptures in a new and serious way. To allow this unveiling of what admittedly can sometimes be quite opaque and mysterious. It's hard just to pick up the Bible and start reading. So what about actually engaging in a study of the Bible? Something serious-minded and purposeful. And there's a lot of stuff that's out there at the moment. I'll give you a couple of suggestions. So first off, you've got the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. That's Scott Hahn's mob. And at the moment, they've got what they're calling the Quarantined Catholic Hub. And they're offering a Bible study program for free that's called the Eucharist in Scripture. And that's going to break open the Old Testament and help us to see Christ's presence in the Eucharist foreshadowed in the Old Testament. Fascinating stuff. If your parish has got a subscription to formed.org, there's a program there that's called The Bible and the Virgin Mary. Again, opening up the Old Testament and helping us to understand how the Blessed Virgin Mary is an archetype of the church and is presented to us as the new Eve. You might look at Catholic Productions and Brant Pitrie. He's got a number of programs that speak of the Jewish origins of various aspects of our faith. Deeply biblical. You might consider looking at Bishop Barron's great ministry, Word on Fire. He's got a new program out called Priest, Prophet and King, describing how Jesus is the fulfillment of these three great figures. In fact, I think the Australian digital store for Word on Fire has got 20% off at the moment. And you can rent these digital videos for only a few bucks. But I think here we're actually being presented with an opportunity. The risk is that in our disappointment and disillusionment, that like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, we turn our backs on the holy city, on Jerusalem, and crestfall and walk away. That Jesus isn't present to us in the way that we had expected and the way that we experienced up until this point. And all it feels like is loss. But maybe this experience is not simply the loss of the old, but also the beginning of something new. That the Lord Jesus walks by our side. That he unveils his presence to us in a new way. And that this transforms our disillusionment into new hope and to joy. That has us even at the late stage of the day to pick up, turn around and run back to Jerusalem in order to tell our friends that we've met him, we've seen him. He's among us and he's fully alive. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. 
For the the kingdom, kingdom, the the power, power, and the glory are yours, now now and and forever. Let us welcome Christ in our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that, as you did at Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God our Father.